0: We have not
1: anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in, because this has gotten far too cordial. My plan is to cry a lot, and then, no, I'm actually going to do it. Who am I
0: kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points. I personally am not trying to be a a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be in the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mils sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of Double Game Week 12 and our preview of Round 13. This episode is brought to you by Copa America, the leading cause of Bi Weeks at ML oh no no, uh, actually this episode is brought to you by MLS Fantasy Boss and the fantastic subreddit community of R slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss, and tonight on this memorial day night, I am joined by Jason Wiskovich and Andrew Collard. How are you guys doing tonight? Yeah. Hello Not friends.
0: And thank you for everyone who has served in the military. You guys are awesome.
1: Uh, Travis was going to join us tonight, uh, but he had some personal things come up at the last minute, so everyone who was hoping to be able to get his input, I'm sure he would be more than happy to share it with you over Twitter, so feel free to hit him up there or over at Reddit. So, guys, we just had this last double game week before all these international call-ups are going to start really hitting, or at least the tournaments are starting. So how did double game week 12 go for you? I know for me, um, I thought I did pretty well. I was above the average. I ended up finishing on a, let me load it up real quick, on a 70 and I took a minus 4 because I brought in Kaka at to make him a captain, and as we all saw with that last-minute call-up, what the hell was Brazil thinking? Um, did not did not pan out for me to get that. Still got a 12 overall with a captain, which is better than, frankly, some of my other captain picks that I've gone with. But I ended up with 70 points overall before that. A few green arrows, a few red arrows just kind of scattered through there. Not bad. Uh, I'm hoping to get some stuff done next round myself. General impressions for me for this round, though, a lot... Of draws, there was just a lot draws and a nice little selection though of high-scoring games. I mean that Columbus Real Salt Lake game, Jason. I don't know about you, but that was just a goal fest.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was actually during that game, I was thinking about how a couple weeks ago we were like, "Do not get Ola Kamara." He or Ola Kamara is garbage. <laughs> and then and then watching him though, I'm like, uh, granted it was you know a, an 18-year-old defender. Um, and Justin Glad, but Ola Kamara, I mean, he looked pretty deadly. He had a lot of chances, and, you know, for a cheap forward coming up, could possibly be a great, great pickup. Um, yeah. yeah, my team, um, I got 69 points total. Uh, Captain Kaká as well, which I think the majority of us did. Uh, you know, my general impressions from the results were, I thought they were pretty standard. I really thought that uh, L.A. should have had a couple more goals. Um, The New York City FC and Orlando game, that was just – that's just – I just can't believe that. Um, (laughs) David Villa slipping. um, But, you know, uh, my takeaways, I guess, for this round as well are just these call-ups. It's – Hernandez getting called up, um, you know, Kaká leaving in the middle of a double game week, Sapong just crapping the bed, Um, but my saving grace was uh, transferring out uh, um, Gio for Giovanni Dos Santos. Mm -hmm. That that was a a great move, and I'm I'm really glad that we discussed that last week, and, uh, and I pulled the trigger on it.
2: I ended up with 92 points on the week. I was sitting over here feeling pretty smug and happy with myself. Um, I was hanging out in the chat at MLS Fantasy Boss, and you know everybody was talking about Kaká was like their only Orlando player that they had, and I just decided, you know what, go big, go home, go in with Captain Kyle Laren, who I transferred in at the last minute, and uh, worked out awesome for me, and then like. 20 minutes later, after the game week ends, I get a text from my good buddy, Levi, and he's like, oh, hey, I got 105 points this week. What's up, sucka? So, <laughs> brought me crashing back down to earth. Thanks, Levi.
0: Hey, Levi, like I say in the past, every blind <laughs> squirrel finds a nut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, right? Yeah. Uh, as far as fantasy takeaways for me from this round, the Red Bulls are, are definitely just firing on all cylinders right now, so it was great to see them do well again. Uh, unfortunately, I still didn't have Bradley Wright-Phillips in my team, but after this, this big bye week that's coming up, they're definitely a team that I think more people need to consider bringing in more players, if they haven't already, than just a question into your team. So that's that's one I'm definitely keeping an eye on going yeah. forward.
2: And through, through this week, I'm going to hold on to both question and BWP. Just keep them on my bench because I like their yeah. schedule going forward after this. so
1: You know, we'll add that to our question list a little bit later on to see what other players you guys may think are worth holding on to with, with that in mind. Um, and then, of course, a little bit later on, we're going to get into some of the players that we think are worth dropping as well. So that'd be a nice little, little parody because I, I think over this round we're starting to see fantasy-wise some guys that just aren't hitting that floor consistently enough. And and that's what I want to stress a lot of people start to look at now. And maybe this is some of the impact that I've had from from dabbling with the draft fantasy this season is is paying a lot more close attention to the floor that players have plus the, the impact these new ability to generate bonus points is having on that floor. So... Um I think we're starting to see some good some good data come, come along. Do you guys take anything else away from this? Fantasy wise. Seattle nope.
2: still sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but god dang, we just can't do anything going forward it's it's a nightmare you know
1: I was actually I wasn't going to mention it but as I was looking through my team getting things sort of ideas in my head for this coming round I thought how often do you see Seattle on your list and just think nope do not want
0: exactly and especially I mean imagine how good they would have been if they kept Oba Femi though
1: it would have been a different season for sure. But that's what our review is. Now we're going to get to some housekeeping and get to some questions because I know that's why everyone is really here for is to get these questions. So as we alluded to already, round 13 is a big bye week, and that's because we have three big tournaments getting ready to start that are pulling a lot of players away. We've got the Voyager's Cup over in Canada we've got the Copa America which is getting started very soon and then a little bit later we got the Euros that are kicking off and a few players are leaving for that as well so this round we have a bunch of teams that are on a bye week so just so you know there are 8 teams and they are Chicago Colorado Montreal New England the New York Red Bulls Orlando and Toronto actually i guess there's and Vancouver. There we go. I left one off the list. Vancouver is also on there. So those are all teams you're going to want to avoid, unless, as we talk about in a few minutes, there are some key players that you may want to keep. So make sure you either have a wild card or are willing to take some minus fours, or maybe you're just going to have to suffer through a zero. Just keep that in mind. Also, if you have not gotten an email or already just directed over to the MLSsoccer.com, Webpage. The link to vote for the All Star team is up and running. So go there and vote for the players who you want to see. I went to the game last year in Colorado. It was an absolute blast. And I think there's a little initiative going in our slash fantasy MLS to try to get Axel, Axel Hoberry from Colorado, into the squad this year. So if you if you agree with with the Axel movement that's going on, then uh, go on over there and join the uh, what do you guys, do you think Axel deserves a call-up for that? I voted for him.
2: I voted for him, too. I think he's been just straight-up good in exactly. all parts of the game. Yep, I voted. I mean,
0: I, I've already voted, but... And, and for me, it's like, I'm I'm not... It's a popularity contest, which I hate, but but for me, in more of a fantasy aspect, I voted for Blake as a goalkeeper because that guy's been outstanding. I voted for Quello, Holberry, and pretty much, you know, like the top, you know, like, like Piotti... Question. you know, I mean, the, the players that have been just straight up doing well, you know, don't vote for, like, Frank Lampard or somebody like that, or, you know... Because I mean, you like, know
2: he's going to be there anyways in the <laughs> game,
0: so... Making $6 million just to sit on the bench must be yeah. nice.
1: I saw, a, uh, I saw a tweet today on Twitter that was talking about one of the other New York City players whose name escapes me right now, was saying that the fan just needed to lay off him and, and doesn't know why people are booing him when he comes off the bench, but... um. Yeah, I think that's all we need to say about that. Yeah. Uh, As I already alluded to, call-ups are just full into effect right now. Voyager's Cup is only with Canadian teams, so not a lot of call-ups for that since it's just the actual three teams, so limited impact on on that side. Copa America, extensive call-ups, guys. Uh, Check out the rosters posted at mlssoccer.com, or you can go over to soccercaptains.com and see what they have with a nice little list of players that have been called up. These guys are probably going to be gone for the next three rounds, so just keep that in mind. They'll filter back in. But keep in mind injuries, and just depending on how well these teams do, we may have them gone for a while, and some recovery time. So just keep an eye out. And then finally, rounds 14 through 17 is when the Euros are going to be taking place. Very limited, again, impact for MLS with those call-ups, especially with the Geo snub. What do you guys think about that? It's personal. It's, It's a total shift as, I mean... Last year, their coach says, "Oh yeah, I wish I had that opportunity when I was young to go over there and play and do this stuff." And then this year, he's like, "Nope, sorry. If you play in MLS, you're not, you know, no, definitely not."
0: It's personal. I heard there's a lot of bad blood. Um, <clears throat> Gio came from, was it, uh, was it Juventus? Yeah. Right? And isn't he the coach of Juventus or Juventus? Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've just heard that there's been bad blood between. You know Gio and i, I don't know—I forget the guy's name, but his the the Italian coach. But it's absolutely ridiculous. I think the other two strikers that are up there uh, for Italy are—I mean—I'm pretty sure they're garbage from what I've seen and what I've read. <laughs> um, and you know, so what MLS is supposedly—you know—low, you know, a lower tier. I agree with that on some levels, but when you have a player in form performing the way he is, he won the Golden Boot last year. Uh, why would you not have him in Italy, especially the fact that Italy has been garbage the past
1: five years? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was, I was really hoping he'd go, and I am, I guess, actively rooting against them now so that we could always just say, well, hey, maybe he would have helped you. Can't say he would have helped you a whole lot, but hey, next time, consider him. Could have, would have, should have. But I really appreciate how he's handled it, this situation, and the th- comments that he's made about Toronto and how he's still full in support of of his club i think it's just been real real hats off to him for for how he's handled that real class act so be sure guys there were a lot of cards over this past week so be sure to go check the disco report over at mlssoccer.com and also keep an eye at at mls injury news that mike that tiger runs uh, and he gets some of those card penalties and of course injuries thrown in there as well so keep an eye on those before you are making your trades so they don't always get updated as quickly in the game as i know we all would would hope. And if you didn't see already, the MLS articles team, the, the, the main the main crew, has this great article of it's a comprehensive list of MLS themed podcasts. And our very own MLS Fantasy Insider made the list. I was really Yay. excited to see that. So yes we were grouped together with someplace from uh, Rotowire one of the other fantasy things I don't know how fantasy focused it actually is so I'm still considering us like the only uh, consistent fantasy podcast but it was great to see that so uh, hats off for the MLS guys for, for noticing us we really appreciate that and if you guys are looking for more podcasts, head over to the MLS Soccer website. Find that article. It was, it's been linked on my Twitter account, the MLSFI Twitter account, and, and Reddit. I know it's, it's all over there. Uh, and just browse through that list. There's lots of great, great things there.
2: Yeah, we stickied it at the top of the r slash MLS subreddit. So easy to find. And there are a whole heck of a lot of podcasts to listen to.
1: Yeah, it is. It is definitely. When they say comprehensive, I sort of like chuckled to myself at first. I was like, whatever. It'll probably just be some of the big ones and then the team ones. It it is long. They put some effort into this, and I really appreciate that. I can say. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and finally, thank you so much to everyone who's been going to our Patreon website and just helping contribute to the MLS Fantasy Insider. We really help help. We really appreciate the help that you guys have given us to help us cover some of the fees that we do incur as we're doing this and to help fund some of the projects that we're working on to give back to everyone. Uh, The stickers that have been ordered and the the glasses that that are going to be getting ordered just to help give back to you all. And then we're going to try to get some prizes as well out there to, to help people just because of the support so it's it's not for us to make money it's for us to give back to you and just help to continue to provide this podcast and, and with hope give you guys tips and advice that is helpful to help you win or at least beat your friends and then you know, maybe have some fun at the same time so thank you so much if you have given if you have not but would like to head on over to patreon.com slash mlsfi and feel free to give us a little donation there. If you'd rather give a lump sum instead of a a monthly donation, just send me an email at mlsfantasyboss at gmail.com and I can talk to you with some of the other options there. We've had a few people do that and thank you so much for you guys as well. Uh, And remember, if you don't want to give anything, that's fine too. I will still love you, but Jason won't.
0: Yeah, especially if you make fun of me on Twitter like Mike has because I got 44 <laughs> points on a double game week. I know there's no excuse for that. Hashtag always remember 44. But <laughs> <clears throat> I will get butt hurt, and that trumps anything and then I
1: will not love you. Mm, so sad. You guys have any other announcements you want to cover before we get to questions? Nope. No, sir. All right. Well, then let's just move right on to it. So first is a generic question that we have, and this was partly spawned by an article that Andrew recently wrote and posted at MLS Fantasy Boss. And so basically it's with the large number of teams that are on by this week in round 13, is it better to take a hit or maybe use a wild card or to just replace your players or even take a zero for this round? And I know that built off of Andrew's article, which was about when to take hits.
2: Yeah, so this entire thing came about, because a bunch of people in chat were talking about, oh, I can't take a 12-point hit, I can't take a 16-point hit. And it goes back into my personal belief that you look at each hit individually. And so it's not whether you're taking a 12-point hit total, it's is the next hit worth it. And so I did some math and looked at it and looked at all the averages for all the positions. So basically... Yes, you want to be taking hits if you're going to be taking a zero otherwise. Um, Goalkeepers and midfielders especially, their expected returns are definitely higher than the four-point hit. Forwards and defenders, it gets a little iffy and questionable whether you're actually going to make up those points or not. Um, But if you're bringing in guys that have an upcoming double game week, it should work out to where you come out in the positive on average. Um, and me personally, I'm probably taking two hits this week, um, maybe three, depending on if Hernandez sticks around for the game or not. Um, but just in general, it, it does make sense to take a hit to replace a zero.
0: Yeah, for me, um, I, I'm kind of stuck on this question. Um I've been planning this week out since double game week six when I wild carded. And I'm, I'm a big proponent of always looking about five game weeks ahead and making sure that you're going to have – I know it's difficult, you know, making sure you have guys that play, especially with the rotation, injury concerns, call-ups, things like that. But <clears throat> I just, you know, I think that you should have been looking out beforehand, making sure that, hey, maybe I'm only – maybe I only have three people to transfer out, but I have enough bench depth. Um if you need to take hits yes uh, I think that this is the week you do it um, if you obviously if you need to um, my my concern about wild carding this week is the next free wild card is game week 19 if you wild card this coming week that means you're not going to be able to get the all-star players because they're on a lot of mark called up on Tacopa America I mean you can still make a good team but if you're going to wild card, I still I think you wild card a double game week 15. Considering you can have a lot more players um, for the one, two. There's four double game weeks, and then the following week you have two double game weeks. So I think you could stack yourself up pretty good for those.
1: Yeah, I think Jason makes a really good point about that wild card. Even if you still have it, just with the loss of the team, you're 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 just trying to stack up with the teams that are left, and it's it's just a limited player pool. That that I don't I don't know if that's going to be the best bang for your buck with a wild card when maybe after the Voyager's Cup and after people start coming back from Copa America, you could maybe uh, have to be a bit more effective before you just completely reset everything in round 19. But otherwise, I, I think Andrew just nails it. It's it's hard, I understand, to not see that giant negative number and think, oh my gosh, what, what have I done to myself? But if you do look at everything as a separate... Bit itself is this guy going to score four more points? And you can just look at that as if you think there's a good chance for a clean sheet, then there's your four points right there. Everything else is is extra. That's that's what you would not have gotten, especially if it's if it's zero. If if you're just wanting to swap a guy because you think your new player will score more and they will both play, uh, I I don't think, especially without a double game week, I don't think that's going to be the best move. But taking a zero when you could have at least had a better shot at getting a good score, I would I would rather go for that minus four. I took a hit this this week in the pen. It was for Kaká, but one of the other trades I made in order to get Kaká was I brought in R.J. Allen just because I had some money. And had he actually not been on my bench, that would have been a fantastic point total for me. I at least gained some value that way. And so it's it's way better than if I had just stuck with a guy who was going to get a zero. And then I also, before I move on, I want to give a shout-out, because last week we were talking about our Josie Altador question with Javinko, and there were some people out in the community who made up some charts and graphs and started talking about this. And I really appreciate the extra effort you guys put into doing that. That was awesome to watch, and I really appreciate you guys listening to the show and having some passion to do that. So thanks a whole lot. Um, did you guys see those on, on Reddit? Yeah. Yeah, that was I fun. did. That was great. That was fun. So now let's move on to our keepers and our defenders. So our first question here is, who is the best budget backup keeper now that WARA is benched?
0: That's a great question. Um, I, I had WARA on my team. I dropped him for Lampson. That didn't work out too well. Um, <laughs> but this is, see, the issue with having a budget keeper um, that's probably under 5 mil is there's going to be rotation. So you have your WARA, you have... Sites and Gonzalez, um, you have Rowan Kennedy, you have Gleason and Cuarce, um, you know, you have uh, H- uh, Hamid and Wara. There's just, there's a lot of uncertainty in rotation. Uh, I, I wish Blake wasn't going because I still think Blake would be by far, far and away the best, uh, you know, keeper this season to have um but really what I'm actually I still like Raimondo, um as your starting keeper just because he also doesn't have a game week 18 buy um but if you look at on on mls and go to mlS fantasy resources there is a, a chart of the entire week of who plays who check that out and then I would I would highly suggest getting a keeper that does not have a uh, or I'm sorry two keepers that don't have a a game week 18 buy. I really like LA. I don't know who's going to be, if it's going to be Rowe or if it's going to be Kennedy. Um, Also uh, New York city FC, I think Saunders has one of the best uh, schedules coming up and he is only 4.9, which is extremely cheap. Um, And then another, I mean you could possibly get uh, Philadelphia's backup keeper. Um, I do not know who that is. But let me see here. So it'll be Jones or McCarthy. Um, maybe check online and see who's, who's you know, doing uh, taking first team reps. Uh, but that's it's a difficult question to answer. I think Saunders is probably your best bet um, as, as, a, as a cheap backup. And then uh, whoever else, you know, you can put in that doesn't have a, a buy-in double game week 18. I'm sorry, uh, a buy-in 18 or who has a double game weight coming up in 15 or 16.
2: For me, I just went with the cheapest keeper that there is. Um, with Miller up in Seattle, he's 3.9, and just stuck him on my bench, and he's not going to do anything for me other than sit there and look pretty. So, Good enough.
1: Yeah, if you, want, if you definitely want two guys who play, then I, I think Blake is still your best option, because if you have a second keeper who's not been called up, you, you have him available for this time. And with just .1 difference between Blake and Saunders, I can understand that people are gun-shy with, with wanting to get Saunders. But, I mean, if you're sitting with someone like Malia, who's just plummeted, uh, then, then it's all going to be a gain overall. But I, I still like Blake as the backup keeper to replace Wara. Um, especially since he will be starting once he comes back from international duty, and people like Rowe, I think you you got it right, Jason. There's there's just so much rotation that happens with LA, just depending on the form that these people are in, and um, I I wouldn't count on him to be a reliable backup, especially if you're looking ahead to round 18 and trying to avoid having actually having not having a keeper if you're trying to avoid that. So, so I do like I do like Blake overall. Well, and the thing too
0: is you know. I've always had just one keeper, and not that, and not that much ben- uh, bench depth. And this year, I've had two keepers uh, the entire year. I've had five defenders, and the thing is, with all of these call-ups and injuries and um, and uh, rotation. I mean, we. I think we talked last week. I think we had a question last week. Uh, hey, should should I keep Quello or should I transfer him out? And we all said that. Hey, he's played. 90 minutes every single week you know he's pretty much locked in blah 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 and of course we get Vermees and he gets you know he's not even in the 18 for rest and it's it's I think this season more than anything especially as a keeper and defenders you need to have complete bench a complete bench depth uh, just to cover your butts in case if people get rotated
1: Yeah. Well, since we're talking about defenders and rotations, with so many big-name players gone, uh, do you guys think that this round and maybe the next few could be rounds where you want to go heavy on your defense and your formation?
0: Yeah. um, uh, It's a a good idea. I currently have four four defenders starting, and that's just because I have two midfielders um, that aren't playing this week. Um, But then, you know... If, if people are gone, then I know that, like, Montreal, I know they're on a buy, but they had, I think, three of their starting four gone on international duty. So, you know, if you are spending money on players that are only going to be playing one to two weeks, is it really worth it? Um, I still think you go budget, um, you know, so you can get your... If Hernandez stays, I don't really know. He's 6.4, but, you know, Rosenberry... Um, oh, I don't even know. Um yeah, uh, I would just stay budget in the back, and you know, do what your budget allows this week, and do what your transfers allow, because you don't want to be taking hits to bring in, you know, a second or third string defender when you're going to have to transfer them out in
1: two or three weeks. But would you consider starting five defenders over these next few rounds if you have them in your in your team already?
0: Um, I think this week would be okay to do that, uh, just because there aren't that many teams playing. Um, the double game week 15 definitely not double game week or I'm sorry uh, game week 14 depending on lineups I think that you should really check your lineups Uh, I don't think we've had a week this year that has had more than four defenders be on the dream team so I think four defenders at max is is what you stick with
2: yeah I agree any chance that I can get to play just three defenders I am taking (laughs) it um and I'm, I'm all about the budget defenders in the back still. Um, just with the way that MLS is structured with salaries of players, the teams are spending their money to buy attackers with their DP slots. There's very few defensive DPs. And so as a result, MLS, talent-wise, the attackers are just straight up better than the defenders are. And as a result this year, we're seeing a heck of a lot fewer clean sheets than what we'd see in previous years, I think. Um, and, and translated into fantasy, our defenders just aren't scoring nearly as many points as the attackers are, so you want to play as many attackers as possible. Or when
1: we're seeing all these draws, it's 1-1 one, one, or 2-2. Two, two. Very rarely are we getting that 0-0... Zero, zero clean yeah. tie. Uh, I, I saw someone made a comment online, and maybe you guys would agree with us then, that they feel that the DP slots should be divided up. Maybe it was even you, Andrew, who made this. Uh, they should have it in each position, one forward, one midfielder, one defender, and that's how it should be mandated that DPs get spent to help spread that talent around so that you don't end up with situations like that.
2: It wasn't me, but it's an interesting idea to think about. Um, I'm not sure if I would mandate both a forward and a midfielder, maybe one in the defensive unit, and then the others can be just midfielders or forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Interesting thought.
1: Yeah. So, what about your picks, guys? Who are you going with with keeper and defender for this round?
0: Yeah. So keeper, um, <clears throat> I'm sticking with Malia. Like that's that's really what I have. I uh, I also do really like. Um, really anyone on uh, on DC because they're playing against Seattle and Seattle's pretty garbage especially uh, yeah uh, I like for DC so so I would say uh, Bill Hamid and um, really kind of pick your poison on the back if you want to go with someone cheap you can go with the Paré like I said he probably won't be in um, until Bernabom gets back um, but really you know uh, Kemp, Boswell-Franklin, anyone that anyone that's in their back line. Um, my other defenders that I really like are, I like Rosenberry at 5.9 from Philadelphia, Zimmerman um, from FC Dallas as well.
2: For me, for keeper, if you're looking at just this one week, I think Gleason, if he is healthy, um, is a good pick. And then if you're looking longer term, I think Ramondo has to be the guy. Uh, He's playing this week. He's playing week 18 where there's a bunch of buys as well. Plus he's got a double game week in between. And he's got a couple home games in that stretch too. So I I really can't picture myself going anywhere other than Ramondo if I were bringing a keeper in right now. Uh, For defenders, I like Glad and Rosenberry and Steres from L.A. Um, with him, though, I'm pretty sure he's on four yellow cards now, so he might get suspended sometime soon. Who's Who? that? Starez from L.A. Uh, uh, I was going to
0: say, too, be careful with Glad. Um, I've heard rumblings that uh, since this last week in Columbus, uh, he, he pretty much gave up two goals just from ball watching and um, just a lack of experience. I mean, it was bound to happen sooner or later, so... I've heard rumblings that either Glad or Mond may be benched for Olave um, for uh, you know a week or so, um, plus to give him rest since both of them have been playing a lot. So just be mindful of that. I, I would still bring in Glad. I think at, at his price, it's a fantastic option, especially as you know a bench guy or someone you just need to bring in for a switcheroo or something like that. But um, just be wary of that.
1: And then I have an email from Travis that has his picks, so I can share those with everyone. At goalkeeper, he likes sites, actually. And then uh, defenders going along a lot of what you guys have already said. He likes Zimmerman, Rosenberry, and Steres. So moving on now to our midfielder section. Uh, this is where I think it starts to get pretty interesting. So this first question is about our favorite guy, Diaz. With his production and playtime having become more sporadic over the past few rounds, is it time for him to go? And then I'm going to also add on to this, and what do we just expand this to other formerly top quote-unquote midfielders who are no longer necessarily as appealing? Who who is it time to cut?
2: I definitely wouldn't cut Diaz. Um, He's on a home game, plus for me anyways, and I think for a good majority of people out there, they probably have other fires that they have to be putting out this week with so many players on a bye. Um, so I think there's probably better options to use for your transfer this week. Um, I'm not even really sure what other formerly top midfielders that aren't doing so great, like, who would, who would that even be right now? Juralis, um Pedro Morales... I've been off the poor Alice train all year long. <laughs> yeah, um, his underlying ahead. numbers are not good. He's relying on PKs, although he has been decent the last two weeks or so. Um,
0: did not he get a red card after the game? I heard someone. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, 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 a straight red, so he's out for three weeks. So,
1: scratch that idea. Definitely. So we're still good with players like Piotti and Win or. Failhaber or or
0: no Finley, not the things like
1: that. I mean, so these are some of the top players that people have been looking at. Are they guys that have proven themselves to be having off seasons, or is it just just what are there? These are no longer guys that maybe are making the top list cuts as quickly as they may have before.
2: I think Win and Piotti are still great players. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I think they're both on buys this week, so. I would consider moving on. Um, Wynn does have a double game week coming up in a couple weeks, so he's one to consider maybe holding through this bye. Um Phil Haber, I haven't touched him all season. I <laughs> thought he was going to be bad to all season to. long. His numbers were not realistic last year compared to his history, plus the prospect of losing set pieces. just All of it combined said avoid him and so far, he has been average at best.
0: Yeah, I think that you you, you need to keep Diaz, especially uh, as Andrew's philosophy states, don't drop someone on a home game. Um, I think someone that's actually flown under the radar who was my dark horse this year um, was Federico Higuain. Um With Kai Kamara out, Iguain as Reed stated last week, he's really stepped up and, um, you know, been that – been that playmaker, the maestro in the midfield. Um, and I mean, this week against RSL, he had an assist. He had four shots, uh, five attacking bonus BPs. Uh, he was just going off. I mean, he just looks fantastic. And I think if you have, you know, a Kaka in your lineup, you would be safe to even drop Kaka for Federico Iguane. I think that that would be a good move. Um, obviously Piotti, uh, question when they all have buys this week, so if you can hold them, then sure, why not? Uh but I think that I think you have to keep Diaz in your lineup, at least for this week. Um I know that, you know, they're playing at home against Houston, then they're playing at SKC, which SKC at home have, have, have they haven't been very good. Then they have two home games, one against RSL and one against Orlando. Uh So two teams that, you know, haven't done very well on the road uh, defensively. And when Diaz is on the field, he's still one of the most explosive players. So I think you have to keep him.
1: The one thing I'm going to add about Columbus I think is worth mentioning now is while Higuain may be doing pretty well, they have a skeleton crew at best in their back line. So that might be something that affects even their offense if, if there's just so much pressure that they can't get the ball control enough in their their third of the field because they they are hurting from call-ups and injuries right now.
2: While we're on the topic of Columbus, Ethan Finley just dropped off a cliff this year. (laughs) He has one game where he's scored more than six points. That is terrible.
0: Well, you did say, though, in the beginning of this season that there's no way players like Finley or FailHover could match or even... Probably get close to their point production this year, just because it was just such a, you know, uh, an anomaly.
2: Yeah, and Finlay, Jesus, just looking at this, it's five, three, three, four, two, twelve, three, one, two, two, one, six. It, it's just abysmal. It blows my mind that it was that big of a drop. I wasn't expecting it to be that bad.
1: Right. We, I guess there's there's one part of it being. Uh, counter to the norm, uh, being a little bit of an anomaly, and also with someone like Finlay, though you're thinking, oh, maybe he's coming into what is going to become his norm. Maybe, of course, he's not going to do the same, but maybe this is just the beginning of the uphill climb for him as development as a player. But uh, what about uh,
0: Marim, Though that guy's been that guy's been pretty. I was looking. I'm just looking at his, you know. His I like Marim. Oh, I know. Yeah, I always <laughs> like, like Marim. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the past, you know. Uh, four weeks, he had a ten, a four, a six, and a ten. Um, he's had, you know, every every game, every other game to every two games, he's had pretty big pops. But I know he. Uh, I think they were talking about him possibly getting a call up to Iraq.
1: So yeah, he's been him. called
2: up before, so I wouldn't be surprised.
1: He has. I mean. We mentioned that, and the last thing I'll say about Diaz before we move on is, yeah, he had that injury, and then he had that random blip where he apparently didn't play on turf for some reason, but otherwise, he's been pretty solid. I mean, he he has a couple of games when he came right back off of injury, still getting into his 90-minute fitness where he had below four points with his score. Otherwise... Five's the lowest he's fallen down to, and he's only had that happen twice. Otherwise, he's 14, 11, 12, 6, 8, 11. So those those aren't awful scores for somebody in your midfield to pick up, especially when they are key to the offense. So I, I think some of the comments about Diaz that people may be throwing around right now are just from frustration with, with that MLS shuffle that we see happening at times. So um, I definitely agree that this is not the time to just abandon ship for, for a player like him. And so, Jason, I'm glad you're here, so we can talk some more about this today. Uh, there have been some questions about can RSL keep the momentum that they have going because they they've turned around some from the beginning of this season. Um, but For a big consideration with RSL though, and with several other teams, is the U.S. Open Cup, which is going to coming around around. That's is a lot of the word round. The U.S. <laughs> around round fourteen. Is, is when the U.S. Open Cup starts. And so that's when their players aren't going to be leaving, but teams are going to be playing double duty. And so specifically, that this question was asking, how will this hurt RSL's momentum? But of course, we'll make it broader and think, how do you guys think the U.S. Open Cup, which is going to be coming in right as some of these Copa America and, and Voyager's Cup are ending, how do we think that could potentially impact the performance of the rest of the team?
0: Yeah, I think – well, first, RSL, I think that it will um, impact them tremendously. I think that this week was a great indicator of how RSL will be during U.S. Open Cup. Um, Jeff Cassar decided to sit Plata, Burrito, Yura, and Javier Morales – for Jordan Allen, who did very well, um, John Sturzer, who was invisible, Sonny looked absolutely abysmal. Um, Luke Moholland actually looked pretty good, but uh, I think that you know if RSL does roll out a lineup similar to that, you know, with Devin Sandoval at the top, who in my opinion is just a huge waste of space. As a <laughs> well, he's a striker, but all he does is he holds the ball up and then he passes it right back to whoever just gave it to him. <laughs> he, I, I, and he had one shot that would have gone in if it wasn't deflected, um, which was the PK call um, that Plata took very horribly, and Clark saved it. But um, I think that you know I, I don't even know exactly who's in who's an Open Cup. I haven't looked at that yet. Um, I could see there being a lot a, a lot of rotation, um, especially toward the end of the of the U.S. Open Cup. In the beginning, I think that. Uh, when MLS is playing the USL teams, I, I could see most of them fielding their B teams, uh, getting their guys minutes. So like a Jeff Antonella starting those games and keeping Ramondo fresh for actual MLS games. Um, but uh, I think it, I, I think it will have an effect on. You know, it's just going to add to the more dilemma of the the whole rotation and resting players. So this is a great time to make sure you have you, you get bench depth for keepers and defenders and midfielders and and shoot even forwards. That guy from New England Revolution. Man that guy. Super sub. I, I don't know his name. He's a rookie.
2: Femi. Femi.
0: Yeah, dude, that that kid I'm so happy for that guy. So happy
2: <laughs> for him. Um just speaking historically about how teams handled the Open Cup, in the first round that MLS teams enter and oftentimes in the second round it's for the most part, just straight up the reserves. Uh, So I I don't think we have to worry too much about any rotation due to that um, until we get to some of the later rounds, in which case things can get a bit hairy.
1: Well said, well said. Uh, Yeah, I actually forgot about a lot of the, the Open Cup because of that very fact that it seems to not be a big impact early on. in in the rounds when MLS actually starts getting into it. So now, guys, who are your picks for midfielder?
0: So my picks for midfielder are Diaz, Valeri. I still like Barnetta. Um, I've been big on him all year, and I really like him especially playing home against Columbus who are not very... uh, or they're very leaky at the back line. And then um, I had it written down uh, for, is it uh, Nagel from D.C. United. I like him this week as well. Gross. I know, but it's, you know, (laughs) hey, hey, you, you all said gross last week when I said Barnetta. Didn't I work. didn't. I had Barnetta. I know. I know. No. A, a lot of people gave me flack, and, and even I, I,
1: I liked Pontius a little bit more than Barnetta last week. But I mean, really, there was only a one point difference, I think, between them by yeah. the end of the season. I mean, Barnetta is the one who's going to be on set pieces. Pontius is going to be a bit more involved in the actual attack. So I guess it's kind of a potato potato sort of situation. Exactly. And, and to
0: and to everyone who decided to be a rough rider with me and uh, stick with the calm, thank you for riding the a calm train. You are welcome.
1: <laughs> right, Andrew, who do you like?
2: Um, I also had Valeri Diaz and Barnetta, and then my fourth guy is Steven Gerrard.
1: Really? I, I was stuck yeah. between
2: him and Nagel. Uh, that, 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 I like that pick a lot. He's one of those players that you mentioned earlier that just has that consistently high floor and I think he's got a decent ceiling. Um, I, he might be on PKs going forward while a couple yeah. of these guys are gone, maybe. Um, so I'm, I'm bringing him in this week for sure.
1: And Travis is a nice little, I think, mix of both of you guys. He as well likes Valerian Diaz, two, two pretty solid picks right there. He goes with Pontius, though probably for a similar reason to what I was just saying, how Pontius is more involved in the actual attack, where Bonnetta is more of the PK guy, or not not PK guy, set-piece guy. And then he throws in Nagel as well on his list.
0: Yeah, and one more, Federico Iguain. If you're running a five-man midfield,
1: got to have Pipa. Very well. So we only have one question this round about forwards, and I think it's the question that everyone is asking. Is everyone dropping Geo?
2: I dropped him last round and brought in Kyle Larin, so yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, I I dropped him as well last round for Giovanni Dos Santos, so I would say drop Gio. Uh, we don't know his adductor strain or the extent of that injury. Um, like we've you know we've said in the past, do you really want twelve point seven million dollars sitting on your bench when you can invest it in a that's going to play. Also, we don't know. Like I said, we don't know the extent of the injury. And adductor strains are typically, if you if you step wrong and you've already sprained it or strained it, uh, you can really injure yourself again. Especially when you're running at full speed, kicking, planting your foot. Um, I think it's safe to say you can drop them until further injury news comes out and uh, check out MLS injury news for that, and the latest updates. Thank you, Michael.
2: Fantastic <laughs> yes, work. you're a godsend. Um, yeah, Doctor Strains, those things can just linger and linger and linger. I had a player out for two months with one of those.
1: And that's what Benny had at the beginning of this season that, that kept him out for several rounds, so that's... Yep. Not, no way <laughs> Maybe he'll even be out in time for you to bring him back in for free during that round 19 the free wildcard that everybody gets. But this seems like a good time to mention this, since you brought it up, Jason who are you guys considering on the list of players who are worth keeping on your bench during this bye week
0: ooh um uh I think that you could probably I I think if you uh, see I I hate going I hate if you have anyone I I just hate having money left on my bench uh, unless it's like four or five million dollars from you know some scrub defender um I think that if you have like BWP, I think you can keep him um, just stashed away, uh, just because of the uh, the form that they're in. Um, maybe a Kyle Laren, I don't know how if the, if he's going to be called up to the well. At least the Voyager's Cup is just Canadian teams, so um, I would say BWP is probably the only player that I would stash. Uh, other than that, I think you need to to get rid of you know get rid of them and bring in somebody else.
2: I would also extend that to slash question.
0: Um, oh, this is forwards. This
2: isn't midfielders, Andrew.
1: But well, you could be everybody. Let's no, make yeah. it
2: everybody. I agree with that. I agree. <laughs> with that. And and I think I would also probably keep Lee Wynn if I had him. Yeah, for me,
1: I, I, I think Lee Wynn's a bit more expendable. Expendable for me. You know, I can't talk at all tonight. <laughs> uh, I think I think Lee Wynn is a bit more expendable for me. I, I do like the idea of keeping Laren. If you can, uh, if, if you do have some bench room, you could easily drop down to a two-man forward line. You can maybe bring in another defender and run with four, or if, like you were saying, Jay, you have enough for a five-man midfield that could help you out there. Uh, definitely your New York guys, Kleshin and BWP, I think, are totally worth worth keeping it on in that order as well. Um, other than that, I, I think Piotti's been to start and stop to really make him worth keeping on. Uh, a little bit the same for when he's definitely super involved with your creativity but you could probably bring him back in easily and use that money sum with with these other teams Toronto uh, yeah there's just too much money invested in geo and everybody else is gone that, that you would want to maybe keep around for that time uh, you know I'm gonna add axel on there if you have axel Hobari you could probably keep him on your bench he's he's worth it he's been good Um
2: yeah, and pretty much all the cheap defenders. Anybody yeah, that's under, yeah. like, six and a half, yeah. it's fine. Unless, you, it unless you
1: just have to bring somebody in to be able to field a team, then keep your defenders. Yeah, no no real problems there. So, uh, But yeah, mostly it's those Red Bull guys, which I think are on that nice little run of form right now. And so let's just wrap this up,
2: then. Who are you guys picking for forwards? Um, David Villa is my number one pick for this week. And Mike McGee. Really? Yes. Over Giovanni Dos Santos. And I've got some numbers for y'all since you guys were all over Gio last week. So Mike McGee has about 1.7 times more expected goals plus assists per game, or per minute, than Giovanni Dos Santos. Mike McGee has about 3.2 times more bonus points per 90 than Giovanni Dos Santos. All I'm saying, Mike McGee, straight up better than Giovanni Dos Santos in terms of fantasy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I like those stats, um, but I'm going to go with Giovanni Dos Santos. I know he's a lot more... 11. Point, uh, 11.4 million and McGee is 7.3. So if you need a budget option, I think McGee uh, is a good option for an LA player. But I'm going with Dos Santos, David Villa, and then I have I, ha- I currently have CJ Sapong and I'm going to keep him, but I think if you're looking at a forward to bring in, I think Joel Plata has to be in your lineup. I, I think it was you Andrew in the chat room this weekend you were everyone was talking about what, out of the triton of Plata, Yura, and Burrito, who to, excuse me, Mr. Burrito, who to bring in. Um, And and I want to say you said Burrito. um, I said Plata. Why would you say Burrito over Plata if you still share that same sentiment?
2: Honestly, I think it's really close between the two. Um, Plata... I, I think his numbers are a bit inflated due to being on a lot of set pieces when Joralis was out. Um, and Burrito's bonus points numbers are just straight up better than Plata's. Yeah. Um, but Plata has more goals and assists. So, I don't know. It, it's a tough call between those two. Um, I definitely think I'm... I'm bringing one of them for sure this week, um, since I've got that double coming up. But I'm still not sold on which one I'm going to bring in.
0: Yeah, and I like Plata. I think though that him getting stoned on that PK may that may just provide the window for Javier Morales to, to take PKs over, or even Yura Um I know that Javier Morales is not taken. I mean, he'll take the occasional corner kick, and he'll take all the you know. Uh, free kicks and direct kicks, um, but uh, you know, I still think Plata at nine point five would be your best bet. Um, he is on on most, if not all, of the set pieces, and we'll see about PKs. But he's been involved in I think every single one of RSL's goals, um, either scoring or assisting, except for one or two goals this year. So uh, plus, you, it's 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 a little Platita. He's awesome. Gotta love him. <laughs>
2: So can I just go back to Giovanni Dos Santos and rag on him some more? Sure.
0: Okay. Hey, guy's not here, so hey, get yourself awesome. boxed and go awesome. for it. I'm going
2: to do it. So just in bonus points per game, there is 83% of the players that have a bonus point have more bonus points per game than Giovanni Dos Santos. 83% of all players in the game. He has fewer shots per game than fantasy powerhouses like Roger Espinosa and <laughs> Steven Mendoza. I, I just can't understand how he is doing so well in fantasy when his, all of the underlying numbers are so bad. Like, his shot conversion rate is the highest in the league right now, and it's higher than any player has been in the last, like, four years. It, it's, it's all going to come crashing down. I promise you guys, it's gonna come crashing down sooner rather than later.
0: Not this week though. They're playing at home against Sporting Kansas City.
1: <laughs> so we're trying to ride. We're trying to ride the wave, man. That's that's what this exactly. is all about. Exactly.
0: Form and fixtures, man.
1: Maybe maybe we'll dump him in in round 15 when they play against Colorado.
0: That's exactly, or or possibly even round the the round before
2: that. If you have him, don't dump him in 15 because they've got a double that week, right?
1: They do. That's right. Then they go back oh, yeah. and, and play San Jose. So after they get after they get whipped up by Colorado, they will dump it. But we can't dump him in 16 because they're playing at home, Andrew. What are we supposed to do here?
2: You just don't even grab him in the first place. And you so go we, we wait until round 19 <laughs> to get rid
1: of him because in round 17 they're playing Seattle. So, I mean, geez, Seattle, come on. So But round 18 they're on a bye. So there we go. There it is. That's that's the <laughs> Giovanni Dos Santos hour here with MLS Fantasy Insider. Uh, but you guys are overlooking Travis, went with Via, Giovanni Dos Santos, and Sapong. So that's that's where everybody sits. Uh, Andrew is the lone Mike McGee supporter, Magic McGee. <laughs> okay guys, who are you like for your captain this round?
0: I think that you have to go with Valeri hands down no questions asked. Um, they're playing against they're playing at home against San Jose who has beat up a lot of players uh, missing and also if you look at the last four games of Diego Valeri a double game week with 7 and 9 points and then back to back 10s with a goal scored uh, with three goals scored in the last four games. Uh, plus he's the most consistent bonus point scoring machine ever in the history of Major League Soccer. I just made that up. That's not oh. true. That's not true. It uh, might but, be true.
2: It oh, very well okay.
0: could be true. Yeah, I have no statistical data to um, uh, back me up on that, but Diego Valeri is, is my only must-have player, and he is the only captaincy choice this week.
2: I am on board with all of that. Um, if you don't have Diego Valeri for some bizarre reason and you aren't bringing him in, um, I guess the other options would be David Villa or Mauro Diaz. Yeah, it's kind of astounding.
1: Uh, Travis agrees that Valeri is the pick. Uh, there was at one point when I think Gio was topping 60%, over 60% being owned by players in the league. Valeri is not even at 28, and he's been amazing. Yeah.
2: If you look at the top... On on uh, MLS Fantasy Viz, um, there's a section there where it looks at the percentage of, the, like, the top 100 and 500 managers, um, like, how many of them own a player. I think Valeri is the most owned amongst the top 500. There you go. So there's that. There's your trends. A bunch right of inactive there. people that didn't have him at the start of the year that gave up already.
1: Pulling us all down. Ugh.
2: Yeah. What the heck, guys? Quitters.
1: Before we move on to our community time, do you guys have any other questions or insights you'd like to go over?
2: I had a
0: question about um when is Timmy Howard come in? Do we is there a date on that?
1: Well it wouldn't be until after Copa America, I would assume at the at the earliest, but I don't think there's been a solid date yet that I've heard.
2: My answer for that is too soon. I feel so bad for McMath. Exactly. He's the keeper of by far the best defense in the league. And he knows that he's got a deadline for when he's <laughs> out of that his first won. job. It's, it's nuts. I, it just sucks for him because he's been good and he's got somebody coming in that's just going to take his job.
0: Yeah, that's, and that was my question just because McMath has been, he's had a couple of blunders here and there, but he's been pretty damn stellar. And I feel, I just feel bad for the guy. It's like, Leave Philly now. Blake comes in and killing it there. You're coming to Colorado, who I think that we all thought. Huh, I think we all thought. I think that we all thought that since Moore and um, Irwin were leaving, that Colorado's defense would be suspect at best, and they're the best defense in the league this year. I just feel bad for the guy.
1: And they're sitting at the top of the table in the Supporters Shield. Surprising everybody. Mm-hmm. Can't believe it. Now it's Even one one point over Dallas, but but still they're at the top. There, there. All right, well, then let's move on to our community time for the r slash fantasy MLS top scorer for round 12. It goes to Eric Abaraka. Abaraka? Abaraka. Abarka, <laughs> Abarka. Sorry, I, I apologize so much. Uh, But he was a manager of Abarka SC. He had 111 points, which was just three shy of uh, the highest overall. So congrats, man. Uh, You did very well. I I equally killed your last name, and I apologize so much. Um, But, I mean, what else did you expect me to do? That's, that's, I think, expected (laughs) at this point from me. But congrats. Yeah, good job. Good job. And then uh, I'm really sorry Travis couldn't be here for this part. The MLS Fantasy Insider head-to-head league update. Uh, first off, uh, Andrew, do you want to talk about your your game?
2: Um, yeah, I think Simon has grown a little complacent. He's in the top one going into the week out of <laughs> everybody, and uh, then he just goes and gets smashed by some scrub that wasn't even in the top 100 going into the week, and uh, feels good, man.
1: Well, let's be fair. He's in, what, Sweden visiting his lady, so, I mean... Yeah, he, he thinks maybe, he's won it already.
2: <laughs> we're not even halfway through, Simon.
1: We're not even halfway through. Oh, oh there goes gloves, gloves throne uh, I played Mike that Tiger, and he, he just trounced me by 22 points. So I don't I don't know what the hell's going on. But uh, congrats, Mike. You did very well in that game. Uh, next was Travis, and he was neck and neck, back and forth, with Fantasy Football 24-7. And we thought that they were going to get a loss from this one. But thanks to Mr. Kyle Laren. Uh, Fantasy Football 24-7 did end up beating Travis by four points. That's that's one of the closest ones so far. So too bad, too bad for that. Uh, Jason, what about your game?
0: Yeah, well, first I'm going to go back to the Fantasy Football 24-7 game. Um, I love those guys, and it's a lot of fun talking trash with them. Uh, I was really sad for Travis. Uh, I saw them tweeting back and forth throughout the entire game week, and I was on Team Travis, obviously. Uh, but one of these days, you guys are going to lose, and then it's going to be glorious. Um, even if you just lose one once this year, it's going to be glorious. <laughs> and I'm going to celebrate it and rub it in as much as I possibly can. <laughs> um, so I played against the other uh, <clears throat> English giant, Ivan the Terrible, uh, and it was very close up until the, uh, the Orlando City game. Uh, but I lost eighty-one to sixty-nine. I am on a skid. Um, maybe my mouth is uh, running a little too much. It's just so much fun. <laughs> just it's just so much fun. Cause hey, if I'm going down, the the more I lose, the more I'm gonna talk trash. So maybe you guys should just start fixing <laughs> fixing the games. Uh, but yeah, I lost to Ivan. So Ivan wasn't so terrible. He was really he was he was, he was good this week. So eighty-one to sixty-nine. I five, Ivan.
1: Even though uh, I will say, in, in the ultimate insult to injury, Fantasy Football 24-7 has lost once this year so far, and it was to Ivan the Terrible. So the only one who's beaten the European powerhouse so far right now is the other European powerhouse, in our league, and so this is this is endlessly amusing for me. Um, apparently, how awful we are, but but Andrew, you're still rolling in there at second place overall. So you're you're representing the entire United States right now in our in our chances. So no pressure. And I'm
2: still three entire wins behind this guy. <laughs> he, he's just crushing us. It's yeah, it's no not pressure. even fun anymore. Thank
1: God for our taco, though. That's all I got to say. Yes. Um, <laughs> Speaking of our taco, he, my friend Steve, was just destroyed by Mr. Guy Sanchez. So that was 33 to 82. So that was that was not even fun, right there. And then Mr. Bid Bear played against Older Goaler, and another close match. I think that's two in a row for Older Goaler, loss. But uh, 83 to 70. So that was that was pretty pretty solid game right there. So congrats to everyone. Next round, uh, I am going to be taking on Simon, number one in our hearts, if not number one overall anymore. Andrew is taking on Mr. Ben Bear. Older Goaler is going against my buddy Steve, so older, congrats on the win. Uh, Guy is going up against Ivan the Terrible, so since Guy does work with Fantasy Football 24-7, I think if Ivan wins, we can consider that uh, another another victory for the the comeback <laughs> train. Uh, who knows? I don't know. Jason, you're taking on Travis, and then Fantasy Football 24-7 is taking on Mike that Tiger. So Mike, Go come Mike. on. You're, we're rooting for you. Team Mike, hashtag Team, Team Mike. This Mike. Uh, of course, round 13 will be the last one that we play for a little while. After that, we're hoping to have the guys from 24-7, Fantasy Football 24-7, on the show for a special little edition. So I'm sure there'll be much trash talk and, and a merry time will be had. By Damn also. straight. Be sure to tune in to that special episode that we're going to have during the Copa America break right there.
0: And by the way, Travis, change your name, bro. We're uh, isn't the keeper anymore. Don't be stupid, idiot. God.
1: He can, he can still be happy.
0: No, he can't because we is not happy because he's on the bench.
1: Oh, that's so sad. Oh, well. So, guys, you have any plugs as we wrap this thing up? Yes. Um, I wanted to thank
0: uh, Ariel Castillo and Phil West for writing that, A Guide to MLS Podcasts. Um, I reached out to them on Twitter to thank them. Um, but it was just awesome that they did that. Um, like we mentioned before, go check it out very comprehensive list of uh, of the MLS podcasts. And also I wanted to uh, thank everybody again who who's involved in the Reddit community, the MLS fantasy boss community. Um, it's been a lot of fun bantering back and forth with you guys. Now my last shout out and thank you is to Ben Bear uh, and to everybody who uh, was interacting with me on the uh, MLS soccer or MLS fantasy soccer. Twitter handle on Wednesday. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Ben, thank you if you listened to this episode. Uh, appreciate it. And everybody else, thank you so much. It was it was a it was a joy. It was fun times.
2: Andrew? So as we mentioned at the top of the show with one of the questions, I wrote an article this week about uh, when it makes sense to take a hit, uh, minus four. Um, and you can find that on MLS and it, it goes into more than just this specific week. It's it's a general overview of all the situations of when it makes sense or not to take a hit. Um, and also, I just want to throw down a little bet with Mr. Jason Wiskovich over there. Oh, okay. So Mike McGee versus Giovanni Dos Santos. I have Mike McGee. Loser gets to pick... Or Loser has to change their name... For two weeks. Their fantasy name for two weeks. Huh. To the
0: Challenge. winner's choice? Challenge accepted.
2: Awesome. Let's do it. Oh. Wait, no, no, it's no. We're
0: just, we're just going overall points, correct? So, And if it's a tie,
2: then what? If it's a tie, nothing. Oh. <laughs> or we both change our names to loser names.
1: There we go. Something like that. I think that sounds good.
0: I like
2: it. Game on tweet
1: that up. Or... Find out if you're – right. are, you, are you on hashtag team – I don't want to call it Team McGee or Team GDS. Let's just make it Team Andrew or Team Jason. I like that. Let's go team there. Team J.
0: Team J always wins. Team Come J. On.
1: Team J if you're for – I want to know this year. One want to oh.
0: know.
1: Team Andrew if you are, are for Team McGee, so so then we I want to Team hashtag – or hashtag Team G- GDS – Get it started, people. Uh, As for me, be sure to check out all of the articles that are going to be posted over at MLS Fantasy Boss at this time uh, with the Memorial Day holiday. Some things may be absent this week or just get posted later just because I know people were were busy and have things going on, and that's that's what happens. But you can still see the charts that I'll be putting up, and they'll be my picks later on this week with MLS Fantasy. Uh, Check out all of the other MLS Fantasy experts that post through the advice section of the website to see all the tips and tricks that other managers are using that could help you especially during this time and then also check out all of the information at r/fantasyintheless there's lots of guys who are making their own blogs and providing their own content over there that is just fantastic and you can even post your teams to have some input directly on what you're thinking of doing so just check out all these resources and that being said good luck